You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. how we get in our own way and how easy it is to achieve what we want to achieve when we just let go. Yeah, we need to let go of the thoughts that hold us back because they are the only things that are getting in our way. Or more to the point, we need to let go of how we pour our energy into those thoughts. Normally, we pour our energy into those thoughts automatically. It's a decision we make every moment of every day, but it is a decision that we make automatically. It's done for us, perhaps done to us, by what psychology calls our automatic pilot. You see, we're designed, as we know from previous conversations, to make it through the day. And that means that we will take the rough with the smooth, the ups and the downs of everyday life, and we'll muddle through. We'll get to bed tonight safely. And we get up tomorrow morning. And according to the neural lab in the University of California in Los Angeles, we'll do the same thing all over again. We're, we're, we're prone to our own thoughts. We're prey to them. We fall prey to them every moment of every day when we give them our attention. And when I say that to succeed, we need to just let go. What I'm saying is that we actually need to let go of our automatic pilot. That's the easiest way to put it. Tell the automatic pilot that we don't need him or her for some of the key things that we do every day. We need the automatic pilot for minor stuff like remembering how to tie our laces. But what we don't need is the automatic pilot to continually select the same thoughts that get in our own way. The thoughts that lead to self-doubt, a lack of self-confidence, a lack of trust in ourselves. And the ones that I particularly want to talk about in this video are the thoughts that lead us down alleys whereby we pour our energy and attention into things that we don't want to happen. Now, before we go any further, let's pause and reflect on the madness of what I've just said. Because as normal human beings, using our minds normally on automatic pilot, we pour our attention into thinking about a future where we have avoided the things that we don't want to happen, or thinking about what we would do if we couldn't avoid them, or thinking about how it will be if we fall prey to the things that we don't want to happen. Thinking about the future in this way is what we call in everyday life, worrying. And I always remember one of my first clients back in the 1990s in Dublin talking to some of his friends after spending a two-day workshop with me, the online program, which is today's version of things, was a two-day workshop at the time it had originally been 
a three-day workshop. And while we're talking about workshops, by the way, there is a three-session free training workshop online at the moment, which covers the key steps that enable us get out of our own way and start letting go. Anyway, that's a digression. This particular friend of mine, client of mine, went off and told his friends, some of whom subsequently turned up on my two-day workshop, because what he had told them was that Willie taught me the waste of worry. Now, it isn't a phrase that I had ever used before. It's a phrase I've used a couple of times in the intervening two decades when I actually quote this particular friend in question. Trevor was his name. The waste of worry. But let's look at it from the perspective of how this universe actually works. And it isn't when we realize things that way. It isn't just the waste of worry. It's the madness of worry. We know, I'm cutting out all the weird and woo-woo and bendy science that quantum physics goes into to explain it in every man's terms or every woman's terms, I hope. We know that the universe works like a big pool of energy. Let's stick with this analogy for a minute because I think it actually works quite well. I'm standing on the edge of the pool of universal energy. And if I'm a normal person, I'm putting almost none of my energy into that pool. Research suggests that I will only put one out of 100% of my energy into the pool. I ain't going to get much of a response if I do that, am I? Now, when I say 1%, what I actually mean is that I am pouring only 1% of my energy into the only place in time where this pool of energy is actually in existence. And that's the here and now. All right. So we can safely say without a shadow of a doubt that if I'm using my mind normally, I'm standing on the edge of the pool, missing my own life. Never going to get wet with the universal energy of life if I don't throw myself into it, if I don't just let go and throw myself into it. But again, if I'm using my mind normally, I'm pouring actually more than 1% of my energy into worrying about what I don't want to happen. Now, if universal energy operates as what I would describe as a universal energy exchange machine, what I put in, I'm going to get out. So in other words, when I worry, when I allow those thoughts race through my head, get in my way and drag me down, I'm actually pouring my energy into what I don't want to happen, and thereby increasing the possibility that it actually will happen. Who in their right mind would choose to pour their energy and attention and effort into what they don't want to happen? Uh, the answer to that question is in the question itself, who in their right mind? The answer is normal people, people using their mind normally, who are only 1% present, who are buried in the past and worried about the future, people who are not in their right mind, the vast majority of people, more than 90% of people. So for starters, when we talk about 
worry, when we talk about the thoughts that constitute worry, throwing our energy and attention off into the things that we don't want to happen. It isn't just the waste of worry, it is the almost criminal intent of trying to bring about what we don't want to happen. And yet we do it every day. And we do it every day because of the way our minds are arranged, because of the way our minds are literally neurally wired. We're wired to always see the threats, to never pay any attention to or give credence to the opportunities, because we're wired to be on our toes, to be on alert, to survive. You're not wired to bring about the change in your life that you'd love to have. You're not wired to achieve your goals and objectives. You're not wired to achieve anything at all without putting a needless amount of effort into it. The effort comes from trying to do what you need to do through the filter of the thoughts that are holding you back, the filter of the thoughts that are leading you to pour your energy and attention into things that you actually don't want to happen. The opposite of what you want to have in your life. As I said, it's crazy stuff. The title of this episode is The Waste of Worry, but it doesn't even cover the half of what we're actually talking about here. Now, I said that if you are using your mind normally, you are pouring your attention into what you don't want to happen. You actually are choosing to do that. Again, it's a choice. Again, it's an automatic choice. But being an automatic choice doesn't mean that you have to continue to make those choices. As I said a minute ago, you need to disengage the automatic pilot when she or he is getting in your way. And actually, that's most of the time during the ordinary cut and thrust of everyday life, even when we're using the expertise in our minds. So we've talked about that a couple of weeks or months ago in that we have different forms of thought in our head. And one of the bodies of thought that we have in our head is the accumulated expertise we might have as, I don't know, a psychologist or an architect or an accountant or a plumber or whatever. But very often we will plumb on automatic pilot or as I mentioned a couple of months ago, we will be an electrician on automatic pilot. And with all that expertise that I have at my disposal, because I'm an automatic pilot, I'll kill myself being an electrician operating an automatic pilot because I'll cut the red wire instead of the blue wire or whatever. And, and that, by the way, is a statement of fact. If you want to go back and listen to that earlier episode, well, actually, you should be listening to and re-listening to a lot of these episodes, as many of my online program owners do. Because the more we immerse ourselves in this stuff, the more we get to the point where we realize, actually, it's very easy to distance ourselves from our automatic pilot. Now, sometimes we become so entangled in worrying about what we don't want to happen that it is almost impossible to put our automatic pilot down. Sometimes we actually have to put physical distance between the source of our worry and ourselves. I want to tell you a story. I have a number of stories like this, but I picked on one in particular. There's this particular girl who I 
knew for years, I knew her long before she was a client of mine, who became a client of mine around 1999-2000. And she was working in an organization. She was very happy in the organization, but the organization was taken over by her previous employer, and she ended up working back where she had left after a lot of frustration and annoyance, and indeed worry because the organization she was working for had been taken over, she found herself in a disadvantageous situation. And a job opportunity came up. She knew she wanted it. She knew she would be good at it. She knew, given the competition, that she would be best at it. And nothing happened. And nothing happened. And nothing happened. And there were rumors that they weren't going to fill the job at all, that they were going to restructure. And she was getting more and more worried that she would end up feeling exactly the same way in that organization as she had before she left there five or six years previously. And she was getting worried to the point of annoyance. And she was getting annoyed to the point of anger. And she was probably getting angry to the point of hostility. Now, let me pause for a minute, because if you are worried, anxious, annoyed and hostile in your own head, how is that going to be outpictured in the way you behave yourself with the people that you're trying to influence to give you the job? You know what I mean? We transmit signals all the time. You must remember that the messages we send out are received on the basis of our body language and tone of voice. 56% of how you make an impression comes down to your body language. 36% comes down to your tone of voice and only 8% comes down to what you're actually saying. So 92% of the messages you're sending out are subliminal, subconscious. And if I am anxious to the point of annoyance, if I'm annoyed to the point of anger, and if I'm angry to the point of hostility, that is what I'm going to display. I'm not going to say it, obviously, but it's going to be transmitted. So what did my friend do? I said to her, first of all, you need to put your automatic pilot down, because regardless of what is going on around you, it isn't what's going on around you that is leading to the worry, the annoyance, the anger, and the hostility. It's what you think about what is going on that is leading to those apparent imaginary emotions in your own head. But you see, the problem is, as cognitive psychology tells us, our emotions enable our cognitive machinery choose our thoughts and our thoughts dictate our behavior, which goes back into a loop that enhances our emotions, obviously, if they're negative emotions, enhances isn't the right word, goes back into the same loop, and it is a downward spiral, a vortex of madness. I said, so you need to put your automatic pilot down. She said, I'm trying, I'm really trying. Now, maybe she was trying too hard, which is an entirely other conversation that we need to have in relation to how very often we end up craving, for example, clarity of mind, craving peace of mind, craving the carefreeness that we often get when we meditate at first. And then somewhere along the way, we lose it out and we crave it again. And of course, if you're craving anything, you're not going to get it. The one thing that will stop you getting what you want in life is trying too hard. And boy, not only in relation to craving clarity of mind and not being able to put her automatic pilot down, this girl was craving something that her 
behavior and way of comporting herself was actually giving out the opposite message because of the worry, the annoyance, the anger, and the hostility. I said to her, you need to calm down. You need to pull yourself together. You need to give yourself a break and take a step back. And lo and behold, she took me literally. This girl worked in Dublin. And one Friday afternoon, she rang me. I was in my office in Dublin at the time. And she said to me, I'm on the road. I said, where are you going? She said, I've had enough. I've taken a half day. I'm driving to Cork. I said, what's in Cork? She said, it's not Dublin. I'll tell you what's not in Cork, the place I work. So I'm going to Cork. I'm booking myself into a bed and breakfast for the weekend. I'm going to chill out. I actually needed to put the whole thing down. I actually needed to put geographical space between me and the circus in that place. Now, of course, there was no circus in that place. She was the ringmaster. She was actually creating the circus with her own thoughts. So she went to Cork. She chilled out in Cork for the weekend. She chilled out by the sea. Now, by the way, as an aside, and it's not an unimportant aside, there's quite a lot of research in relation to the effect that flowing water, or might I say, wavy water, has on our brainwaves, our biorhythms, and the rate at which our energy is resonating through her body. So if you ever want to calm down, go and listen to the waves, or go and sit by flowing water. That is what this girl did, but she did it at a distance of, I don't know how many hundred kilometers there are between Dublin and Cork. She put space between her and the stuff that was driving her to distraction. But that's only half the story. Because she got to Cork at about half past five on the Friday evening. And as she was getting out of her car, her phone rang. It was her boss in Dublin. And her boss in Dublin said, where are you? She said, I, I took a half day. I'm, I'm on holidays for the weekend. She said, why? He said, because a number of things were shifting in the background here that you didn't know about, that I didn't know about, that only a few people knew about. And I wanted to tell you face to face that you've got the job that you were really looking for. See, she didn't even have to spend the whole weekend in Cork. Now, as in the end, she did. All she had to do was get out of her own way. All she had to do was just let go. All she had to do was let go of the thoughts that were blocking the way she was holding herself, the way she was behaving herself. And she had to let go of all the thoughts about the stuff that wasn't going on. She knew none of the stuff that actually was going on. So what had she done? Beaten herself up. What had she done? Annoyed herself to the point of anger and hostility. All she had to do is just let go. Now, she said to me, do you think that would have happened if I hadn't got in my car and put physical distance as well as psychological distance between me and the issue? I said, neither of us will ever know. But the point is, as I said before I started telling you this story, I have dozens, I probably have hundreds of stories like this gathered together 
from clients and online program owners at this stage over the course of the last nearly 26 and a half years at this stage. Could it be coincidence that these things happen just when we've let go, just when we've actually said to ourselves, oh, I don't care anymore. Now, that not that an interesting turn of phrase? Because I have two other clients with whom I've been working recently who found themselves stuck not getting the jobs that they thought they wanted. Sorry, these stories, these three stories now that I'm telling you just happen to be about not getting the jobs that they really, really wanted. And when these two people that I'm talking about now, not my friend who went to Cork, when these two people decided, oh, I've had enough, I don't care anymore. They actually got exactly what they were looking for. And I quoted these two people earlier. One of them said, the job fell into my lap. And the other one said to me, it felt as if it just happened. In fact, she actually was, she was almost annoyed with me because she said, you've been telling me for months that all I had to do is take a step back and what would happen would be that I would get what I wanted and it would be effortless. She said, I don't really want to use the word effortless, but actually it was effortless. Now, I actually have a recording of this and if you're an online program owner, you know exactly who I'm talking about and you know exactly how she didn't want to use the word effortless as if she was trying to prove me wrong. Anyway, there are multiple examples of people saying to themselves, oh, I'm gone beyond caring. And that's what my friend did when she got into the car and went to Cork. That's what the other two people that I've just mentioned said to me, more or less. One of them said it in a slightly different way. He said, basically, I don't give up anymore. Anyway, we won't go into it. But it is a way of expressing what? It is a way of expressing, I don't have any more cares. I don't have any more worries. And once I put my worries down, my energy flows. And once my energy flows and I'm standing on the shore of the pool of universal energy, I begin to put more than the horribly paltry 1% of my energy and attention into the pool of life. And when I start pouring my energy into the universal pond, mill pond, that still mill pond of universal energy, it has a ripple effect. And the ripples go out from my investment of me in the reality of the here and now. And the waves come back and give me exactly what my heart desires. In a way that my thinking mind could never have imagined. That, that's another, by the way, another common feature between the three people that I've mentioned in this video. They got exactly what they were looking for in a way that they could not have imagined. Or if I can go one step further, in a way that their thinking mind could never have imagined. Now, contrast that with, this is what I think I want, because that's how normal people use their minds. This is what I think I want, which probably isn't what they want at all. It's only what they think they want because they see other people having it. This is what I think I want, and this is how I'm going to get it. Your thinking mind doesn't know how to do anything except think and get in your own way. So, what is the moral of today's story? 
you need to actually put distance between you and the imaginary scenarios created by the muck in your own head. Sometimes that actually requires physical distance, as in the case of my friend going to Cork. As I said, I have loads of stories like that. That's the one I actually picked. You actually need to take the actions required to put your automatic pilot down, to disengage the automatic pilot. So, so yeah, that you're an automatic pilot enables you get into a car and not wonder what you're sitting behind when you look at the steering wheel. You have a program for that. So yeah, when you get up in the morning, you know how to put one foot in front of the other to walk to the bathroom. Your automatic pilot enables you to do that. But your automatic pilot disables you from living the life that you would really love to live. You have to put the automatic pilot down, disengage. How do we do that? You know the answer to this already. You disengage your automatic pilot by meditating. That's the training. That's the practice. But meditation is just training and practice. The real action comes when, as a result of your training and practice, you're match fit to live and play the game of life on your terms, effortlessly. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willy.org.